cookout under yeah. the pavilion. Y'all yeah. come on out. No matter what the weather is, we can always go into the youth That's building awesome. if we need to. So y'all come out at noon. There's a sign up out there for like if you want to bring the lettuce, the tomatoes, or whatever's dessert, whatever. Okay? Yeah. Thanks. All right. So this week on BGMC Sunday, we are learning about the Czech Republic. A lot of people like me at my age remember when it was Czechoslovakia, and then they split into two countries. Um, but the Czech Republic has about 65% of them are of Czech descent, and about 10% are of Slovakian descent. And then the rest is other, which that's a lot of other, 30%. But um, because they grew up, a lot of people, especially the people my age, and older, grew up under a communist regime and didn't learn about God. And so there is a lot of atheists there. And so um, there are missionaries there, but the um, percentage of Christianity is pretty low. And so they're slowly building it. BGMC helps out um, with um, BGMC there in the, and children's ministries there in the Czech Republic. Uh, they help out with supplies at the Bible school, and there are several teen challenges because drug and alcohol abuse are rampant there. And so, um, in the teen challenges in the Czech Republic, though, in addition to just working with people um, who are battling addiction, they also work with the poor with feeding programs and things like that, and BGMC has helped out with all those kinds of things, too. And so we're going to learn lots and lots while we're out there. All right, let's pray over the offering. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give into your kingdom around the world, Lord. Not only for BGMC, Lord, but for the missionaries that we partner with, Lord, in the regular offering in a minute. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for that opportunity that you allow us to perform the commandment that you have given us to go forth into all the world. And we go into all the world by giving and spreading your name and your word everywhere. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all come on. Let's give our kiddos a hand clap this morning. We're so proud of them. Thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for the work that He does through our missionaries throughout the world. And I thank you for your faithful uh, contributions to make that possible. Uh, we've got something really neat that we've been talking about that's going to happen not next month, but the following month. Uh, we do have a missionary speaker coming next month, but the following month we've been uh, preparing and planning. Uh, we're going to take all of our missionaries that we support on a monthly basis and, and give you the opportunity to support them individually. 
And so that's coming up in a couple of months. You can be, maybe as you enter and leave the sanctuary, you can look at our missionaries that we support on the back wall and begin to pray over them and pray about the one that the Lord would have you to support on a monthly basis. And uh, we're just going to watch what God does with that and, and uh, how we can bless and build the kingdom through them. Uh, we want to take a time this morning to worship the Lord. Uh, we're also going to worship the Lord with our tithe and offering. I need the ushers to come this morning, please, if they would. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand this morning with us? Did you come ready to worship the Lord today? Boy, I'm not convinced. Did you come ready to worship the Lord today? I know it's cloudy outside, and I know sometimes the tendency is when it's, when it's overcast and cloudy just to kind of walk in the door and go, Ugh. Listen, our God's not a kind of a God. Our God's a happy, uh, full of joy, full of life, vibrant God. Uh, and He deserves the very best that we have to offer Him. We, we come to bring Him our best song. We come to bring Him our best praise. And so uh, reach over and touch your neighbor on the shoulder this morning. Shake them a little bit. Make sure they're awake. Okay. All right. Now they're checking to make sure you wore deodorant. All right. We're good. We're good. All right. Let's pray over this offering. Let's prepare our hearts to worship the Lord. Father, we love you today. We thank you, God, for the blessed opportunity to be called sons and daughters of the Most High. Lord, we would ask that you would come and just invade this place today, God. Come with the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Lord, leave nothing out in this service that you want to do. God, it's never for our glory, but God, it's always for your glory. God, I have ask you, Lord, right now, that you would receive all the praise, Lord, all the glory. Every word spoken, every song sung, God, may it all direct people toward you. We love you and we praise you. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
your presence would just magnify in this place, God. Holy Spirit, pour out your anointing on your people this morning, God. Father, stir our hearts, God, for your word. Father, stir our souls, Lord, for your presence. Yeah. 
hands are open, my heart is free. Open the heavens, rain down on me, fall down on me. My hands are open, my heart is free. Open the heavens, rain down on me, fall down on me. My hands are open, my heart is free. Open the heavens, rain down on me, fall down on me. My hands are open, my heart is free. Open the heavens, rain down on me, fall down on me. Yes. Just keep playing that for a minute, Dennis. Oh, rain down on us, Lord. Oh, rain down on us, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just keep playing, Dennis. Just keep right there. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, we wait on you this morning. We wait on you, God, this morning to move in this place, God. Father, help us to lift everything up to you, God, and release it, Lord. I believe that the Holy Spirit can pour out His anointing anytime, regardless of the situation, regardless of what we're doing. But I also believe that when we open ourselves up to receive it, when our hands are empty, when we lay everything at His feet so that our hands are empty and we are capable of holding what He pours out on us, it is so much easier to receive it. And not only easier to receive it, but easier to appreciate and recognize that the anointing has fallen on us. So when that song says, my hands are open, it's not necessarily meaning figuratively, it just means that we've laid everything else down, God, and we are ready for your anointing. My heart is free. All the worry and the stress and the distractions We've moved them out of the way. We've given them to God. We've laid them at His feet. Father, my heart is free this morning. There is room in my heart, God, for anointing. There is room in my heart, God, for your movement. Father, help us this morning to just release everything and lay it at your feet, God, so that we are completely aware of your presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, touch us this morning in a new way, God. Give us new revelation of your spirit. Go ahead, Dennis. Oh, anointing, anointing, fall on me. Oh, I'm 
Spirit of God, precious anointing of God, fall fresh on us today in this place. Come on, if that's your heart's cry, can you just begin to worship Him and magnify and honor Him all across this room. Lord, we need a fresh anointing today. From the front and to the back, God, from the right and to the left, God, fall fresh on us today. Your Spirit, Lord, Your presence, oh God. Holy Spirit of God, come saturate us. Remove all the dry places, Lord. Lord, refresh us. Revive us today, O oh Lord. Anoint, equip, impart wisdom and power, Lord, from the authority of the throne room of heaven. Lord, and, and you receive glory. God, you receive praise. Oh, Lord, be honored. God, be praised in this room today.
worship and glory and adoration only unto you only unto you anoint us to hear and anoint us to speak anoint us Lord God in our lives and you be the one who receives the honor because of it how we love you Lord how we bless and how we praise your name worthy God praise you Hallelujah. We love Him this morning, church. If you're not ashamed to be called a son or a daughter of God, would you just give Him a hand clap of praise in this room together? Come on. Thank the Lord. Amen. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you love them. You're glad to see them this morning. Thank the Lord. Oh, it's good to see you guys this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, so glad uh, that you're in the house of the Lord with us this morning. We welcome all of our guests, our visitors. If this is the first time that, that you've been able to be in service with us, we're especially glad that you're here today. Uh, home folks, we expect you to be here, but visitors, we're honored uh, that you chose to be with us. And so thank you guys for being here this morning, uh, bringing your children to, to be a part of our uh, BGMC this morning. Children's Church is normally every Sunday morning, but uh, man, I don't know, our, our flamboyant, you know, over-the-top children's pastors, they're on a cruise today, and so I don't, they're out living the high life, and so they're in Florida. They didn't go on a cruise? Okay, there was a picture posted of Jerry, and he had on short britches, and I was like, man, nice legs, Brother Jerry. <laughs> Amen. We will miss them this morning. We have the best children's pastors. We, we're so proud of them, and uh, they deserve a getaway. Jonathan just came through tax season, and so uh, I'm sure he was ready for a vacation, you know. And uh, so, But we're glad that you're here this morning, and uh, we want to worship the Lord. I've got a word I believe is for you. Uh, the Holy Spirit's already put things together, and uh, the worship has already kind of prepared us for what God's going to do today. And uh, so I want you to prepare your hearts to receive uh, what the Lord has for us. And so would you join us one more time and just opening your heart up to receive uh, His Word. And that's done through worship. Come on, just, just lift your voice one more time right there where you're at. Father, again, we praise you. Lord, today we honor you in this place. We, we're here today to sing and to shout and to rejoice your glory and your praise and your honor. Lord God, we just would ask that, that you would be the one that receives the thanks today. For every word that's spoken, for everything that's done, God, it's always, always about you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' amazing name. Amen and amen. Come on and give him a big hand clap of praise today. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. How many would agree with the statement today uh, that our God is a God without change? Amen. He doesn't change, right? He's always the same. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, in, in a world that's ever-changing, in an environment that's ever-changing, with how many of you have a body that's constantly changing? 
You're, you're growing older if you don't know it. Let me, let me encourage you today. Your body's continually changing. Gray hair's popping out and uh, extra LBs are jumping on. And uh, your body's changing continually, right? Whether, whether the LBs are coming or your hair's changing color or falling out, uh, the, the body continually changes, right? Some of us a little more than others, I can tell, okay. The world is changing around us continually. And, and with an environment like that, let me tell you, it's good to know God never changes. Uh, Malachi 3 and 6, the, the Lord Himself says, uh, For I, the Lord, do not change. I, I'm glad to know today God doesn't change. How about you? That brings me great joy. That, that brings me great encouragement because no matter what the trends are, no matter what the latest fads are that are happening in our world or our society, no matter what man might say or do, God's always going to be the same. How, how many are glad about that today? That means His power to save is still the same today as it always has been. Come on, last Sunday, uh, between the early morning service and the second service, there were five people who accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. Listen, friend, that's, that's something to celebrate. That's something to rejoice about today. Our God still is the same in His will to save those that are lost and undone. Our God is still has the power to heal. His power to heal is unchanging. How many believe that this morning? One of our loved ones this morning, Brother Ronnie Burns, went through a surgery today to, uh, to have part of the, uh, the joint of one of his toes. There was an infection there. And uh, the technology and the wisdom that God has given the doctors to be able to go in and do something like that is amazing. But, but I submit to you, all healing flows from Almighty God, whether it happens by medicine or whether it happens by miracle, our God is the ultimate source of all that healing. Amen. Uh, that means His power to save is the same. His power to heal is the same. And His power to fill with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God is still the same today as it always has been. How many believe that this morning? The Holy Spirit is still the same. The Holy Spirit is still pouring out. The Holy Spirit is still refreshing, reviving, and the Holy Ghost is still anointing. How many believe that in this room today? Amen. I try so hard to remind us all on a, on a continual basis that we're living in the last of the last days. How many would agree with the preacher when I say, Jesus Christ is coming soon? Jesus Christ is coming and He's coming quickly. I believe with all of my heart, my mind and my strength that, that we're the generation that will see the return of the Lord. We watch the escalation. We see the, the things continually happening around us. And, and surely it can't be long until the Lord returns. But with that thought in mind, I believe we must also know that it's also the will and the desire of God to pour His Spirit out upon us fresh and new in these last days. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, the Lord says, It'll come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Church, I submit to you this morning, these are those days. These are the days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And regardless of the, what the invention of man may be, see, people have a lot of ideas on what they think church ought to be like. People have a lot of uh, modern, boy, we, we've got to modernize this thing. We, we've got to have all the lights and the fog machines and the, the latest technology and, and we've got to have a coffee bar and we've got to have a gift shop and, and we've got to have this and we've got to have that. Listen, I submit to you, those are the inventions and the intentions of man and not God. 
If God's not behind it, I don't want a drop of it. How about you? But what God wants for the church in these last days is to be a spirit-filled, spirit-anointed, spirit-equipped church that's got the Holy Spirit at work in an operation in our services. Come on. I believe we need more of the Holy Ghost and not less this morning. How about you? I believe God's not coming back for a, a church that's conformed to the world, but a church that's set apart. How about you? We don't need any more ear-tickling preaching. We don't need any more just going through the motions. Uh, we don't need any more church politics. Uh, we don't need keeping up with the latest trends or the fads of man. Uh, we don't need to waste any more of God's precious time. What we need is a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Uh, hallelujah. When that fresh outpouring comes, when the Holy Spirit falls upon the lives of His children, listen, I submit to you, along with the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, will come a fresh anointing upon the church and upon God's people as well. Today, I want to focus on the Word of God uh, just for a little bit with you this morning. And I want to talk to you about a fresh anointing that comes from God. Find your Bibles if you would. We're going to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Thank the Lord. Man, it's good to have you. I'm glad you're here today. First Samuel chapter 16, I want to begin reading in verse 1. Probably a very familiar story to many in the room today. The Bible says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? See, I've rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I've provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take that heifer with you, or take a heifer with you. <laughs> Just making sure y'all were here. <laughs> the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint me one of... Uh, and I named to you. And so Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. Uh, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And so it was when they came that that he looked at Eliab and, and said, Surely the Lord has anointed him before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I refuse him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees, for a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, well, the Lord's checking out your heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and said to him, Pass before Samuel, and, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse said to Shema, pass by. And he did. And neither has the Lord chosen this one. And thus Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all, these, all of your young men here? And he said, there remains yet one, another the youngest, and, and he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. For he sent and brought him in, and, and he was ruddy and bright-eyed and good-looking. And, and the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. And then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. 
And so Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, you ingrained this in my heart and my spirit throughout this week. And Lord, I'm praying right now that, that you would just ask that, I, that you would let people hear with an open heart and a receptive ear. God, the anointing is not something just reserved for King David. It's, it's not something just reserved for the preacher or musicians. God, I believe you desire all of your people to function and operate, to live under an anointing. God, let that anointing fall fresh upon us today. And God, may you be the one who's honored and praised. God, I thank you and I give you glory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed this morning and said, Amen. Come on, can we please give the Lord one more hand clap together today? Thank the Lord. I'm so thankful today for His anointing. I, I submit to you today, church family, we are not anointed by man. We are not anointed by a person. We are not anointed by ourselves. We do not have a, a self-declared anointing over our lives. We are not anointed by a denomination. When I received my credentialing, coming up Tuesday night of this, this coming week, there's going to be an ordination service. And, and those young men and young ladies who are receiving their ordination with the Assemblies of God, they'll be prayed over by our, our district officials, maybe some of our, our, our world officials that, that are there to be a part of that service. They're, they're going to be prayed over. They're going to be anointed with oil. But I submit to you that anointing does not come from the Assemblies of God. Just because Brother Trask prayed over me did not make me anointed. I want you to understand, we're not anointed by man, we're not anointed by self, we're not anointed by denomination. We are only anointed by the Lord God Almighty. We're not anointed because somebody else says we're anointed. We're only anointed when God says we're anointed. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1, the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Come on, nobody else gets to anoint you but God. How many believe that today? I believe, church family, that the anointing begins when we first accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. The Bible teaches and tells us that that's when the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit of God who ushers in the anointing of the Lord. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our life, the Holy Spirit comes and lives alive inside of us. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of God. Therefore, the anointing of God is inhabited within the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. How many are with me so far today? But, but here's the sad truth. The sad truth is this. Many Christians walk an aisle, they'll say a prayer, they'll accept Jesus as Lord over their life, but they ignore or forsake the anointing of the Holy Spirit on their lives. They live beneath the position or the anointing that God would place upon them. They only want the anointing when they want the anointing. The truth is the anointing is not something that you can turn on and turn off. Are you here? I know it's a little deeper than what maybe you're accustomed to. Preacher, you're supposed to blow up and blow in and blow out. Just get out of here and do your thing. But we, we need some groceries, some meat every once in a while. Come on. The anointing is not something you turn on and you turn off. How many of you watch Family Feud? It's not anointed. I'm, no, I, there's this such thing as celebrity family feud. Anybody? Nobody? Bless God. Y'all are all here today and nodding your heads and not... I'm going to preach whether y'all like it or not, so just... Celebrity family feud. 
uh, there was, uh, I guess, an episode not long ago, and I don't know who the contestant was, but they called him to the front, and they asked him the question, and, and their response was, Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. It was like they were engaging their wonder twin powers. Come on, some of you are old enough to know what wonder twins are. You may not have seen Steve Harvey and the Holy Spirit get activated on national television, but I submit to you today that the anointing of Almighty God is not like Superman and Clark Kent stepping into a phone booth. Let me put on my Superman cape. It's not something that just happens when you step behind the pulpit. It's not something that happens just when they take up a microphone and begin to sing. Friend, we better function and operate in the anointing of the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. I couldn't speak a word from behind this pulpit without the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. And I know there's some of you thinking right now, what you said just a few minutes ago sure wasn't anointed. I guess that's between me and him, isn't it? Here's the deal. I wouldn't want to preach. I wouldn't want to study. I wouldn't want to prepare a sermon. I wouldn't want to sit behind a computer and write notes. I I, I wouldn't want to teach a Sunday school class. I wouldn't want to minister on any capacity without the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my life. But friend, the second part of that is this also. I wouldn't try to be a good husband to my wife without the anointing of the Holy Spirit on my life either. I believe the anointing makes us a better worker at the workplace. The anointing makes us a better friend. The anointing makes us a better neighbor who lives next door to somebody. The anointing of the Holy Spirit should be seen in every action and every reaction in our lives. Sometimes there's an anointing, but it's not a godly anointing. We need God's touch on our lives. And it needs to be visible and it needs to be noticeable. It needs to be seen by the people that we come into contact with. And when we talk about being anointed, what we're actually talking about, the, the literal terminology of anointing means to rub or to apply oil. In ancient times in this arid, dry climate that they lived in, it was very common practice to, to anoint people, to keep their skin supple and to keep their skin soft. Many times after a long, hard journey, they would wash their hands and feet and then they would be anointed with oil. It would refresh them and it would take away all the dryness. Come on, how many understand we need the touch of the Lord on our lives to revive us, to refresh us, and to keep us uh, fluid and, and moist in our lives continually? Uh, Listen, uh, we need God's touch on our lives continually. Uh, The the fact is today that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is much more than, than just stepping into a time of preaching the Word of God, but it's something we need on our daily lives. I've seen a lot of people in my life who started out like a house on fire. Oh, they might have uh, received Jesus as Lord of their life and, and a very visible transformation was seen in their lives. But unfortunately, something happened along the way. How many of you know we live in a dry and weary land? Kind of like the the congregation this morning, dry and weary. (laughs) We live in a dry and weary land, a thirsty place. And the more we try to help, the more we try to minister, the more we try to pour out, the the more we try to love on people, the the, the more of the the anointing we give away as we love on folks. Does this make any sense to anybody in this room but me? 
the more we try, the more people we'll take. Whether you're the pastor, whether you work in the nursery, whether you're the guy punching divots out at the, the factory down the road. There's an anointing that comes from God upon your life. And the more you try to shine for God, the, the more people are going to draw off of your anointing. And what happens is if you don't come back to a fresh place again and again and again and again and get under that fountain, get under that flow and say, Lord God, I need you before I need anything else. If we don't spend time in the presence of God, if we don't allow that fresh anointing to continually pour over us, what we end up is not only our hands dry and cracked, but, but our soul and our spirit dried and cracked as well. Till we get to the place where, where we're needing the anointing of God and we, we try to minister under the power and the authority of God, but we fail to spend time with Him. And we wonder what in the world happened where did that anointing that I needed so desperately go to? Where did, that, where did that, that sweet, refreshing spirit that functioned in me, now I'm not ministering out of a sweet spirit, now I'm ministering out of a curmudgeon spirit. Maybe that's just me. I know for a fact that we can all get to the place being dried out if we don't spend time in the presence of Almighty God. And I know for a fact that the anointing is not just for the minister, it's not just for the musician or the piano player, but the anointing is for everybody under the sound of my voice today. And I submit to you, friend, we need to stay fresh before Almighty God. So how do we keep this fresh anointing? How do we live and abide under the fresh anointing of Almighty God? Well, I believe it begins like this. I think it starts with a little thing called obedience. Look with me at verses 2 through 4, please. Verse 2 says, And Samuel said, How can I go if, if Saul hears about it? He's going to kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and, and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to sacrifice with you. Uh, and, and I will show you what you shall do and how you shall anoint for me the one I named to you. Thank the Lord. How many understand He's always going to honor the obedient today. God will honor your obedience if you'll but be obedient unto Him. I'm not talking about being obedient to a bunch of religious rules that's been passed down from generation to generation. I'm not talking about being obedient unto the preacher. I'm talking about being obedient unto the Word of God, not, not the Word of man. How about that? Here in the Word today, we see obedience on the part of Samuel. We see obedience on the part of Jesse. And we see obedience on the part of David as well. The Lord spoke to Samuel and told him, Go to Jesse and I'm going to anoint one of his sons. The one that I point out to you, that's the one you're going to anoint. And so verse 4 says that Samuel did what the Lord said to do. He got up, he took that heifer with him, and he went to anoint and, and said, Hey, I'm here to sacrifice. Bring your sons before me and let's, let's pick out the next king. Jesse was obedient in his part in that, that he didn't argue with the word that had been spoken to him by the prophet of the Lord. He called for his sons, he presented them, and when it wasn't any of the elder ones, he didn't have any problem with sending out to get David out of the field to bring him in to check out to see if possibly David was the one that was supposed to be anointed. David was obedient to the word of the Lord, first in his coming in to stand before the prophet of God, but then also in being a willing participant in allowing the anointing of God to come on his life. Come on, obedience will bring the anointing if we'll but be obedient unto the Lord. 
It was their obedience that brought that fresh anointing then, and it'll be obedience that'll bring fresh anointing onto our lives as well. Uh, If we'll take the Word of God and actually do what it says... I know I use this scripture quite often, but James 1 and 22 says that we're supposed to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Because if we're just a hearer only and not a doer, then we're lying to ourselves. We need to do the Word, the whole Word, and nothing but the Word. And we need to keep the Word pure, and we need to keep the Word clean. We don't need to add anything to it, and we don't need to take anything away from it. Well, Granddad, he said it like this. Listen, I don't need Granddad's Word. I need the Word of God. I don't need what Uncle Bill used to say. I need what the Word of God has to say. I don't need the traditions of man. I need the Word of God. And if we'll simply be obedient unto the Word of God and not to traditions of man, what the disciples say? It's better that we would listen to God than we'd listen to man, right? And so it's a lot better we'd listen to the Word of God than we'd listen to the traditions of man. Come on, if we'll simply be obedient to the Word of God, not part-time, but all the time. Not just in some things or a partial obedience, but a total obedience. I submit to you a partial obedience to the Word of God is a total disobedience unto the Word of God. If my kid only took the trash halfway out the door, little Susie, take the trash out. Daddy, I carried it to the back door. I mean, can't you get it to the can the rest of the way? I obeyed part of the way, Dad. How many know her britches would get warm pretty quick? And not from being in the sunshine. Fact of the matter is, we expect our children to be totally obedient to their parents. Our Abba Father expects His children to be totally obedient to our Father. Truth is, a lot of people want their cake and they want to eat it too. A lot of people want the fresh anointing of God to fall upon their lives, but they're only partially obedient or they're not obedient to God whatsoever. They'll carry around things with them like pride and lust and anger, a spirit of entitlement or unforgiveness, and and they expect this fresh anointing to flow on their lives. Listen, friend, I submit to you, if you're not doing the Word of God, but you think you're functioning in an anointing, you're functioning in a counterfeit anointing and not a true anointing that comes from God. Truth is that disobedience will lead to the removal of any anointing, not the impartation of one. Think with me, if you, if you were to go back in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, what you'll see uh, is initially that old Saul was anointed just like David was anointed. 1 Samuel 10 and 1 says, Then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on his head, and he kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Saul was anointed by Samuel. In the same manner, oil was poured over his head. He received the same anointing that David did. But now you fast forward to 1 Samuel chapter 15, and what you'll find is that the Lord spoke to Saul through the prophet Samuel. And he said, you're going to go into battle with the Amalekites. And as you go into battle with the Amalekites, I want you to kill them all. Aren't you glad God doesn't go Old Testament on the world today? The the Old Testament Lord would say, uh, kill everything. I mean, kill them all. Kill the the men, the women, the boys, the girls. Kill the ducks, the chickens, the guineas. Kill the cats and the dogs and all the fleas and ticks on them. Kill it all. Clear the ground. Saul was told to do that. But do you know the rest of the story? Saul was disobedient in what the Lord had told him to do. 
The Lord said, go and eradicate them. Listen, God knows a whole lot better than we know. I know a lot of people are going, oh my goodness, I can't believe God would be so cruel as to destroy an entire group of people. Listen, the Lord knew the abomination that those people would become. Kill them all. Saul said, oh, hang on. We need to keep some of them back. You know, we're going to keep the, the, the best calves, and we're going to keep the best lambs, and we're going to keep the best of the best, and even their king. I think I'll keep him alive. And when the, the prophet of the Lord, Samuel, went to Saul and said, Listen, didn't God tell you to kill all that stuff? Saul's response was, Well, you know what? Um, 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 let me think of something real quick. Oh, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice them to the Lord. That's why I kept them. I'm going to offer them as a sacrifice. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, do you know what the prophet of the Lord said to the man? He said, listen, the Lord says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. God's not looking for your money in the offering plate. God's not looking for what you consider to be your sacrifice. God's looking for your obedience. He doesn't care about your sacrifice. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, well, David was disobedient too. David made a lot of mistakes too. David, David made some, some really big things. I mean, he conspired to have a lady's husband killed and, and he had an extramarital affair with her. And so David was a failure as well. Listen, friend, the difference between King David and Saul was simply this. Saul made an excuse for his disobedience and David owned up to his disobedience and said, forgive me, I have sinned. We want a fresh anointing to flow onto our lives. I think there comes a time and a place where we have to say, Father, forgive me for my disobedience. Listen, we we can disobey and not miss heaven. Are you here? We can disobey, we can be disobedient unto God and not miss heaven. What are you talking about, Pastor? Has God ever spoken to you in the grocery store and said, Hey, go speak a word of encouragement to that person that's checking you out today. Go, go speak a word of, of love and hope to them. They're walking through the, the homeland. Love you, man. Walking through the homeland with their head hung down and tears falling down their face. And you just walk right by them when the Lord tells you to talk to them. Friend, that's disobedience unto God. Oh, I feel like I could preach nine days. I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget the very first time that the Lord nudged me to give a message in tongues. We, were, we weren't in a, a regular church service. We were doing a music practice for the Easter presentation that we were putting together. We were back in the fellowship hall or someplace, I don't remember, a choir room or something like that. And, and we were practicing our Easter cantata. And in the middle of Easter music practice, the Holy Spirit inspires me to give a message in tongues and to, to, to let, you know, believe that there would be somebody that would be there with an interpretation. And I went, uh-uh. Lord, you've lost your ever-loving mind. Now, we rocked on through service. We rocked on through through worship practice, we, we got into the, the main service. The worship practice was before service that night. We got into the, the service time, and, and man, I mean, my guts are churning. God had told me to do something, and I didn't do it. 
I felt like I'd shot the, the, the front window out of my daddy's pickup truck with my BB gun, you know. Oh, i got to get this right. Daddy's going to whoop me. Uh, it's going to be bad. i, I got to, man, I've, I've disappointed my daddy. I've, I've let my daddy down. My daddy told me to do something and I didn't do it. And I'll never forget going in that service. Hitting my face in the altar and crying out unto God, Lord, please. God, I'm so sorry. God, give me another chance, please, Lord, please. If, if you'll just give me another chance, God, I promise I'll be faithful to what you've asked me to do. And you know what? The Lord was faithful to, to give me another opportunity. The Lord was faithful to, to, to open another door for me. The Lord was faithful to give me the other unction of the Holy Spirit uh, just the very next week in the, in, in the service that the Lord was working and ministering in. He opened that door and, and said, Gary, this is what I want you to do. I'll trust you again, son. My disobedience caused great suffering for me uh, and not anybody else. It didn't mean I wasn't going to heaven. It just means that I was disobedient unto my God in that moment. Friend, I promise you, if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon your life, you're going to come a lot closer to being there by being obedient than by being disobedient. How do we live under a fresh anointing? It takes obedience. Another way we live under fresh anointing is through a pure heart. Look with me if you would please at verse 7. Verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord... Well, the Lord's looking at the heart. Thank God He's not looking on the outside. God's looking on the inside. Come on, get back in here with me. God's not looking at your outside. God's looking at your inside. A pretty or a handsome face does not mean a pretty or a handsome heart. In fact, God knows that an ugly heart means an ugly life. And so God's looking at your heart first and foremost. God was looking at David's heart, not at his face. I love the truth of the word where it says he's not looking on our outward abilities. He's not looking on our outward appearance. He's judging us by our inward man, our inward woman. He's looking at your heart today. God does not pour out fresh anointing on your life because you're so good looking. Some of you are really depressed right now. God does not pour out fresh anointing upon your life because you have the ability to stand in front of people and speak. God does not pour out fresh anointing on your life because you can play the keyboard and drink water with one hand and sing, yes you are, yes you are. So good, so good. Yeah, we had a worship pastor like that once upon a time. Can I tell you? I'm in the right place this morning. I can be free with y'all, can't I? We got visitors. I'm just a nut, so y'all just going to have to bear with me, okay? I am just who I am. I ain't going to put on no fake or phony or facade for anybody. If you don't like me, that's between you and God, friend. You know the difference between somebody functioning under the anointing of God and somebody not. And people can have the most talent. They can have the most beautiful, eloquent voices to sing. They can play like Liberace. But if the anointing is absent, it's devoid of life. 
It's as dead and as dry and as empty and as lifeless as a bucket of sand. God don't care what we look like. God don't care what you sound like. God don't care what color your hair is. God don't care what your education status is. God doesn't care how much money you have or do not have. God doesn't care what your background is. Listen, if you're saved, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, He will anoint, He will anoint, He will anoint, He will anoint. God's looking at your heart. He's not looking at your outward appearance. God chose a ruddy, bright-eyed shepherd on the backside of the desert to be the king because he was a true worshiper and he was a man after God's own heart. And the fact is today, friend, that a person who's after God's heart is always going to be a person who ends up serving God's purposes in their life. If you have a heart for God, then God's going to use you to, to serve His purpose in the hour that we're living in. He's looking for a pure heart. He's looking for a clean and holy heart before Him. Those are the ones He wants to pour a fresh anointing onto today. Understand, when I talk about your heart, I'm not talking about that pump in the middle of your chest. When I talk about your heart today, I'm I'm talking about the very essence of who you are. Your heart is who you are when the lights go off at night and you lay your head on your pillow. Your heart speaks about your integrity. Your heart speaks about who you are when nobody's around to watch you. Your heart speaks about who you genuinely are when you're not putting on a performance, when you're not putting on a show, when you're not trying to entertain everybody. Listen, your heart is who you really are when you stand bare before Almighty God. Listen, we can put on clean and fancy clothes. We can comb our hair and take a bath. We can say all the right words. We can wear all the right clothes. We can make contact with all the right people. And our heart can still be unclean. And that makes us unclean. God knows that an ugly heart will make an ugly life. No matter what you look like on the outside, if your heart's ugly, then your life's going to be ugly. God knows our heart book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says, There's no creature hidden from His sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him of whom we must give an account. Listen, that means your heart is laid bare before God. I like to say it like this. You can fool your mama and your daddy. You can fool your grandpa and your grandma. You can fool your preacher and your Sunday school teacher. But you can't fool God. Because God don't look on the outward. He don't look on all the good deeds you think you've done. Oh, I was a Boy Scout and I helped the little old ladies cross the road. Listen, none of that counts in the scheme of eternity. If your heart's ugly, then friend, your life's going to be ugly to back it up as well. We must have a clean, pure heart before Almighty God. And the only way for our heart to ever truly be made clean and pure is through a born-again, daily, walking, talking relationship with the Son of God. Psalms 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Listen, He's the one who's able to create a clean heart and therefore a flow of integrity. Integrity. We don't talk about that in our world much anymore. Because here's the truth. Integrity is rare and hard to find. Well, now wait a minute, Pastor Gary. All of our politicians have integrity. Okay, friend, the altars are always open. Oh, oh, Pastor, you know that, that all of our school teachers, 
I will tell you every school teacher represented in this place have integrity. But the fact of the matter is, once upon a time, you could say, man, there was two very honorable professions, very in- filled with integrity professions. That's a school teacher and a preacher. Do you know the greatest, one of the greatest battles going on in our society today is over what's being taught to our children? There's a push by a, a particular affiliation of political endorsement that... I don't want them to pull our 501c3 this morning. They want to teach our babies from kindergarten to third grade about sexual orientation and allow a third or a fourth or a fifth grader or a kindergartner to make a decision whether they're a little boy or a little girl. Come on, I wanted to be an Indian all my life. I'd wear the feather, I'd, you know. No, I can't do that. Okay, sorry if I've offended anybody. It's summertime. All the snowflakes have surely melted. Sorry. I wanted to be an Indian when I was a little boy growing up. You know what my mama told me? Son, you're not an Indian. So a little kid, Rhett or Hudson, gets to make a decision whether they're a boy or whether they're a girl. (laughs) Come on. That's the world and the society we live in today. That's what school teaches. Listen, that's that's just what's being taught in school systems around our world. That doesn't speak about the lack of integrity behind the pulpits of America today. For so many, the the pulpit is a get-rich-quick scheme. Oh, if I can just get up in front of people and speak, then they're going to put a whole lot of money in the coffers, and boy, I'll be driving me a Mercedes next week. Give me, give me, give me your money. Come on, let's take up another offering. Listen, I'll tell you, as your pastor, I don't care if you ever put another dollar in the offering plate again because that's between you and God, not between me and you. Integrity. Integrity ought to be the standard for the man of God and the woman of God. It ought to be who we are continually. We ought to be the same person in the grocery store that we are in the church house. We ought to be just as loving and just as sure about who we are in God's power and in God's anointing continually, not just some of the time, but all of the time. How do we live under that fresh anointing? Well, it takes obedience and a fresh, pure heart. Oh, and come on, i got to get to this one. Give me just a few more minutes. We've got to have the Holy Spirit of God as well. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And so Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Praise the Lord. It's only the Holy Spirit of God that will bring... And that will keep the anointing upon your life. Here the Word of God says that Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed David in the midst of his brother. The Word says that what he did when he had done that, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David and stayed upon David from that day forward. (laughs) The oil that Samuel poured on David was a representation of the Spirit of God. 
And from the moment that the Holy Spirit came upon David, he became equipped to walk in the path that God directed him down and to lead and to function and to flow and to operate under the anointing that God had placed upon him. Today in our society, when we think about being anointed with oil, we think about this smelly good stuff that the preacher keeps behind the pulpit. We think about our services today where where someone will come and they'll get a little dab of that... Whoo, that's grandma's perfume. We'll get a little dab of that oil and we'll dab some on somebody's head or if they've got a hurt hand, we'll dab it on the back of their hand and we'll, we'll pray over them and we'll just believe God. We'll, we'll just touch it, just a little dab, a little dab, do you? Come on, people. It's not brill cream, it's anointing oil. Back in the time when Samuel anointed David, it wasn't a little dabble, do you? Back in the day when Samuel anointed David, the Bible says that he took the horn of the oil and he began to pour it out on David's head. Come on, dude, give me a break. How do you know that, Pastor? Because that was the tradition that happened in the day and the hour that they lived in. And speaking about unity, yes, but, but giving a reference to the anointing of oil. Psalms 133 verse 2 says this, It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. When they were anointed in the time of David, they would have had oil poured over their head until it ran down their face and it ran down their cloak and it ran down the edge of their garments and it poured off of them in the street. They would have been literally saturated by the anointing of the oil that was poured upon them. Covered with the oil of anointing. Many, many years ago, I didn't know if I was going to tell this story or not, but I am. So y'all are quiet, so... Many, many, many years ago. I was still going to Bible college. I was still working a full-time job at Dresser Rand. We lived at Porter, Oklahoma. Red Bird, for those of you that are familiar. Lived in Red Bird, America and worked a full-time job and was going to Bible college at the same time. I, I went to Berean courses, Sister Curley, there in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And I, I was trying to work every. The Holy Spirit had begun to nudge me, and I was doing everything I could to, to get my credentialing so I could fulfill the calling that God had placed upon my life to be a, an Assembly of God minister. I was coming home late one night from work. I'd had to work overtime, and, and I came through town. And if you're familiar with Coed at all, there's one cut through road that, that takes you out to, to Porter and to Redbird, that direction. And, and as I came around that corner, I noticed there was a tent revival that was going on right there. And I thought, huh, that's pretty cool. And I made it almost up to Highway 51B to turn left to start to head home when the Holy Spirit said, you need to turn around and go back. And I said, huh? I don't know who's having that tent revival. What do you mean I need to turn around and go back? You need to turn around and go back. And so I wheeled the pickup truck around, turned around went back and I parked my truck, and I don't know how long it had been going on or what was going on, but, but I got out the, the tent doors, the tent flaps were shut, and so I stepped underneath that tent flap, and I can tell you that I was the only fellow of light-colored skin in the room. If you know what I mean. It was awesome. It was awesome. 
I walked in there and I sat down just as far in the back as I possibly could because I was a little intimidated. <laughs> What's going on? The lady that was speaking, Brother Todd, she was 145 if she was a day old. I couldn't tell you what the lady preached about, but I know it was good. I know it was hot. I know uh, for somebody of her advanced years, man, she was, she was laying down the lumber. It was good preaching. I sat there and I just bawling, and the Holy Spirit's in the room, and I mean, it's just thick. And the little lady <laughs> from her platform, son, son, the white boy in the back. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I need you to come up here. Yes, ma'am. I've got on my work clothes, my steel-toed boots. I've been at work all day long. I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to go in and hear some preaching. I'm going to go home. And, man, it was thick. She called me to the front of that tent. and I stood there and I said, yes, ma'am. She said, the Lord said I'm supposed to anoint you with oil. Okay. I'd like to tell you that, that she got her little bottle of oil and dabbed my head and a little dab it do you, but she took out a hanky, much like mine, and she took that bottle of oil and went cluck, 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 and saturated this hanky. This is pretty sweaty or I'd do it to you. Actually, I was coming over here to chase him. Is where I... <laughs> she, took that, she took that saturated anointing oil and she just planted it on my face. And it was running off me. Dripped all down the front of my shirt. She run it up on my head. I think that's why my hair fell out. When I was a little boy, we used that, was it H1, HA, hair oil? Anybody? Come on, people. <laughs> Joey. Joey, I love you. Did we grow up in the same household, man? It was a little blue bottle, and it was oil, and you put it on your little, your little black comb, and then you'd comb your hair back. Man, I was... <laughs> Every three to six weeks, you had to go get the oil changed in your hair. <laughs> I looked like I had had hair oil in my hair by the time this lady got done with me. There was oil all over my shirt, and, which wasn't unusual because of where I worked at. I normally was pretty greasy. I normally was pretty dirty. But, but that night especially, there was just oil just covered me. In that moment, I was covered with the oil of anointing. But can I tell you today that the anointing does not come in a bottle. The anointing does not come from the oil. If there's not a Holy Spirit representation through the oil, if the Holy Spirit is absent and there's oil applied, the only thing you've become is oily. 
When Samuel poured the horn of oil over David's head, had the Holy Spirit not descended, the only thing David would have become was oily. It's got to come from God. Church, it's got to come from God. I go back to Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. What did He anoint me to do? To preach the gospel. To open the blinded eyes. To heal the sick. To go to the workplace and be the light that shines in that dark environment. To be the only voice in my family that speaks Christianity. To be the only voice in my school system that talks about Jesus. To have the courage to carry my Bible to work or to school. You have an anointing. I wish. I wished I could lay hands on every one of you and there'd be such an anointing that'd come upon your life that, that just the lights would get brighter in the room every time you walked in. But the fact of the matter is, Pastor Gary is not the anointer. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And friend, the only way that that can happen is by spending more time with the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. We spend more time on Facebook than we do with God. We spend more time watching that one-eyed monster in our living room called a television set than we do with the Lord. We spend more time working than we do with the Lord. The more time we spend with Him, the more we're saturated, the more the anointing flows in our lives, the more time we spend with the Holy Spirit. Boy, you're preaching awful hard, Pastor. How much time we got? And I'm not talking about left to preach. How much time do we have on old planet terra firma? How much time do we have on planet earth left, friends? Before that trumpet sounds, before the dead in Christ arise, before we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. How much time do we have before Jesus comes? How many people are going to die and go to hell? How many people are going to be left behind? How many people need a supernatural divine intervention right now of healing to be made manifest in their body? How many people need a word of encouragement? Do you know that since COVID came, I don't know if it's public information or not, just a few weeks ago, in Carter County, in one day's time, just a couple of weeks ago, there were five suicides that happened in one day. In Carter County. Now, come on, guys. What happened? How, I, I don't know the backstories. I don't have a clue. And, and I'm certainly not trying to condemn you because of that. But, but could someone have spoken a word of encouragement? Could someone have built them up instead of tearing them down? Could someone have made a difference that, that their life may have been spared? Lord... Creating us a clean heart. Lord, help us to be obedient unto your word. Then, Lord, saturate us continually. God, may we stay and live under the flow of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God on a continual basis. Worship team, come on and help you, Pastor, please. Anointing, fall fresh on us.
anointing fall fresh on us. Anointing fall fresh on us. Pastor, I'm not preaching this week. I don't need an anointing. Friend, you are preaching this week. Pastor, I'm not singing this week. I don't need an anointing. Yes, you are. You preach and you sing. The life you live is a light that shines before this world. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest so strongly upon you. You're saturated with it. I never want to go too far, but I never want to stop too short either. There are people when they walk into the room that instantaneously the whole room goes dark. They suck the power out of the lights and everybody around them because their conversation is negative, their conversation is downtrodden, Their conversation is always about how bad, how ugly, how mean things are and the people around them. I believe people who who always are like that are, are generally trying to make themselves look bigger by making someone else look smaller. And they suck the life out of the room. That's the truth. But there's also people that when they walk into the room, man, Hey, we can do this. There's a a lightness. It's probably not the right terminology. There's a, a wind that comes in your sails. All of a sudden you feel like, man, life's life's good, isn't it? You just feel joy just by hanging out with them. Just because of the smile that's on their face, the encouragement that they think there's a special anointing to be a joy giver. That that might be said about every one of us. That there's a fresh anointing upon us. You know, we're believing for souls to be saved. You know, we're believing for the pews in this church to be filled to overflowing. You know, we had two services last week and I was asked about, are we going to do that? Are we going to start doing that? Man, if we, could, if we could fill this place up like we did last week for Easter. You know the sad truth is some folks only know church for Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day. We want there to be such an anointing upon not only the ministry, not only the preacher, not only the musicians, not, but everybody when somebody walks in the door, they go, man, this is a house of bread. This is a house of nourishment. This is a house of love. This is a house of God. And I'm welcomed and loved and respected. And and I want a part of that. I I want what's going on. That only happens through a fresh anointing. Bow your heads with me, take please. Precious Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're here, right here, right now. You're not some distant, far away God. You're, 
You're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You're a God who doesn't change. You're constant to save, to heal, to deliver. You're constant to anoint, to bring your spirit inside of us. God, I'm asking you, Lord, that that across this room, that there would be such a fresh anointing that fall upon every life. That God, there's a visible transformation. There's, there's a visible change that's seen. God, walk with us. Lord, I feel so, I feel so inadequate to say it. But beginning tomorrow, Lord, for the next few days, the denomination that you blessed me to be a part of is going to be gathering in Broken Era, Oklahoma. Pastors and youth pastors, associate pastors, worship pastors, Lord, credential holders. Lord, I speak a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing over the Oklahoma district. Over every leader, over every credential holder, got a fresh anointing that only comes from you. Not their title, not their position, not not their education, but God, an anointing that comes from you. God, that's the only way we survive in the hour we're living in. We need a fresh anointing. But God, it's not just on reserve for the credential holder. Lord, it's for every child of yours, every son, every daughter. May your anointing flow right now in this place. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed, eyes closed just for a second. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Gary, I need Jesus. I am lost. I am undone. I have turned. I have walked away from Him. Or I've never known Him at all. If you're here and you need Christ, friend, right now is your moment in time. You need Jesus to become your Savior. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you just simply lift your hand and put it right back down? I just want to pray with you today. Pastor, that's me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church family, would you stand with me today, please? One of the things that I've told you time and again, I know I may be a broken record preacher, but man, there's stuff you got to hear again and again and again to get it. The thing that I've told you over and over is simply this God's a gentleman. God is a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. God won't force you to be saved. God won't force you to be healed. And friend, God won't force His anointing on you either. It's got to be something that you're open to. It's got to be something that you're receptive for. It's got to be your heart cry. God, Holy Spirit, fall fresh on me. Anointing, fall fresh on me. Doesn't come from me. Doesn't come from the people around us comes from Him. And our heart's cry must be 
to Him. So if that would be your cry today, you'd say, Lord, I just need a fresh touch. I need a fresh anointing on my life. Would you come and find your place? Or make an altar there where you're at. But please, friend, don't walk out the door until you talk to the Lord. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin, revival embers smoldering. Breath of God, fan us into flame. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, yes. For hearts that burn with holy fear, Purified in faith and deep, refiner's fire, strengthen what remains. So we, the church, bear your light, lamp of flame, city bright, king and kingdom, come is what we pray. And we need a fresh wind. The fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. A holy anointing, the power of your presence, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Yes, we need a fresh wind. Fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. A holy anointing, the power of your presence, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Oh, we need a fresh wind, we need a fresh wind. The fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. A holy anointing, the power of your presence, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Oh, we need a fresh wind, we need a fresh wind. The fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. A holy anointing, the 
Spirit out, pour your spirit out. 
holy anointings, the power of your presence, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Oh, pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. And we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, a holy anointing, the power of your presence, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Precious Father, we're not anointed until you anoint us. Lord, I have no power of my own. The only wisdom I have, Lord, comes from you. The only strength or ability breath in my lungs came from you the blood in my veins came from you the anointing comes from you God I love these people they're my friends they're my brothers my sisters in Christ they're the people you put under my trust Lord, I speak your anointing over their lives. God, a fresh wind and a fresh fire to blow. A fresh anointing, God, to be made manifest in every, every life, every home, God, every family. Walk with us. And Lord, may that anointing be evident in everything we lay our hands to do from the work that you blessed us to have to our marriages, our friendships, our ministries. Lord, bring a fresh anointing. And God, we give you the thanks and the praise because from you all things flow. We ask this in Jesus' amazing anointed name. Amen. I love you guys. Have a blessed day blessed day. We'll see you tonight.